Welcome to the Sharing Our Journey podcast, a podcast ministry of Harrodsburg Baptist Church. Uh, as always, I am Associate Pastor Jonathan Johnston, and today I am joined by C.J. Makniak, Associate Pastor of Youth and Families at Bethel Baptist Church here in Harrodsburg. Say hi, C.J. Hello. Uh, and today we are uh, continuing in the Sermon on the Mount um, if, if you have been following along with the podcast or if you've been following the sermon series here at HBC, yeah, you'll know that this is basically week five now of uh, the sermon series. We hope you've enjoyed it. Um, today, we, we don't have a lightweight today in, in, <laughs> in, in the passage. Very true. Uh, Jesus did not get to the end of his sermon and decide to go easy. Like <laughs> he he's still hitting pretty heavy. Today we're in Matthew chapter seven. We're going to be in verses one through six. Uh, we'll read that now. Do not judge so that you won't be judged. For with the judgment you use, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but don't notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and look, there is a log in your eye. Hypocrite, first take the log out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Don't give what is holy to dogs or toss your pearls before pigs, or they will trample them with their feet, turn, and tear you to pieces. Mm. Right? I, I think the first few verses there people are very familiar with. Yeah, don't it stop it, judge not. Yeah, right. There are some people in this world who, man, there there are people who can't quote anything else in Scripture, but they know Matthew 7, 1. Judge not. Judge not, unless you be judged. So what does that mean? What, what we we got we to gotta talk through this a little bit. Jesus clearly says, these are the words of Jesus. He clearly says, do not judge so that you won't be judged. He does say that. Yeah. And it even gives warning that for with the judgment you use, you'll be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So what, what, what's that all about, CJ? What's he? Yeah, does that mean we just blissfully live in ignorance? We just ignore people's sin? I mean, some, some, some would say yes, <laughs> right? Some even within the church would say, well, this, this clearly means it's not my place to judge. Yeah, that's what's tough, isn't it? It's one of those things where we know we use Scripture to interpret Scripture, and we look at the entire book. Right. It's one of those things where Jesus, um, I mean, Jesus spends a lot of time specifically referencing church discipline and laying that out specifically, I mean, giving us a step-by-step -step basis. Right. So obviously, there's something that is done with church discipline. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, whether we call it judgment or whether we call it you know, examining <laughs> however we want to do it, right? Some right. people have said that we're to be fruit inspectors. Right, yeah. And, and I think there is a difference, right? I think what Jesus is saying is um, more along the lines of being judgmental, yeah. right? Of or just, even standing in the place of God. Yeah, yeah, of, of kind of being a holier than thou. Yeah. Uh, where if if done properly, what's supposed to happen within, within the body of believers is, you know, as, as brothers, if you see me, stumbling in something then then you're not judging me for it if you come and say hey man like the path you're headed on is going to be harmful to you can, can i help you get back to where you were yeah um that's not judgment right that you're making an assessment absolutely and it's, it's one of those where the english language gets really messy yeah because yes are you making a judgment call yes but you're not being judgmental absolutely <laughs> there's, there's two different 
aspects there. The attitude of someone who's judgmental is, uh, I, I always think of, uh, I, I don't know if you've seen The Hunchback of Notre Dame yeah. animated film or or read the book by Victor Hugo. Yep. Right? But the, the Great villain, book. the villain really in that novel is a very religious man. <laughs> yes. Right? Very devout religious man. No, he's he's also a little bit of a psychopath, but he is very holier than thou. He clearly sees the sin that he wants to see all around him mm. and never sees his own. <laughs> and in the end, that's what consumes him and that's what destroys him. Um, so when I, when I think judgmental, I can instantly think, okay, that's an attitude of, of looking down from my tower, yeah. right, and looking at the world and saying, well, look at what they're doing. How, how dare they, right? And I think that's what Jesus is addressing. He's, you, you got to understand, again, in, in the first century Greco-Roman world, <laughs> the, the teachers of the law had made it a point to, in their mind, put a hedge around the laws of God by putting yeah. secondary laws to Draw keep you from even getting around near the circle. It. Yeah. Uh, and in doing so, had so overburdened the people yeah. that it was impossible to not violate one of those laws. Yeah. Um, now, we know it's also impossible to not violate any of God's laws. Like, at any point, we're, we're breaking all, all of them. But those same teachers of law also were very, uh, I, don't, I don't want to say they took joy in it, but they they seemed to enjoy pointing out other people's faults and missteps. Yeah, they like to tear down in a sense to try to build themselves up. Yeah. Right, it'll make you feel better by comparison. We love that comparison oh, game. Yeah, right? Mm. I don't have to be good i just have to be better than you oh yeah absolutely <laughs> right, right yeah it's it's the old uh the, the, the joke of uh people who are out trying to outrun the lion it's like yeah i don't have to outrun the lion i just have to outrun you absolutely <laughs> right uh yeah and so i i think that's what jesus is saying here is he's, with the judgment you use you will be judged so how harsh you are understand that that's going to be the lens through which you're judged yeah. as well the measure you use like how you know, he in their time they're talking scales. Yeah, you put you put stuff on a scale. What's the standard? And, and what's the standard, right? Mm. And for Christians, what is supposed to be our standard? Christ. Christ, which man, that's a heavy enough <laughs> standard, right? Kidding. Like that's the standard. Um, that's the standard by which we should judge not only those around us but also ourselves. Yeah, we should hold ourselves to that standard. Well. Let's 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 do that. Let's say, let's say I see someone in sin, but if I'm going to hold myself to the standard of Jesus, how how was Jesus with the woman caught in adultery? Yeah. How was Jesus with the woman at the well? Did he not call out their sin? He That's did. Right. He did. But he was first merciful and loving. Absolutely. And and I think I look at this passage and I I say. Yeah, Jesus doesn't say not to uh, assess the dangers people are walking in, but he does say, hey, look at how you go about it. Absolutely. The way that I've always explained it um, to my students is when we, when we think about the, 
judging in this sense, specifically in verses um, one through four, it carries this idea of you judging somebody in a sense where you are essentially implying that you wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that you're in a holier than thou position. Mm-hmm. And that's just a, a very negative place to be because like you said, when our our goal, our standard is Christ, none of us add up. <laughs> no, none of us add up at all uh, to to what, you know, to, to any of, of Christ. Uh, you know, and, and going back to verse two, part of what Jesus is pointing out too is the foolishness of it, right? So, the judgment you use, you're going to be judged. With the measure you use, it's going to be measured to you. Why? Why are you then going to be harsh with somebody? Yeah. Like if if you decide to be harsh with somebody, knowing that's coming back your way, then then you're very foolish. Yep. <laughs> because then you're seeking a harsher judgment for yourself. Yeah. Cause, and even the way that he he phrases it here, I mean, a speck versus a log. He's implying <laughs> the one in your eyes even worse than the flaw you see in theirs. Yeah. I love the language too. I think one of the things we kind of miss in the English here whenever it says hypocrite is, you know, during this time period, they were actors who wore masks. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. obviously we understand hypocrite. Right. But this this carried a whole different Yeah, they, they knew what that was. Yeah, You are one of those actors up on stage wearing a mask pretending to be something that you're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not perfect. Uh, Right, as much as you try to pretend to be praying those lofty prayers, <laughs> yes, and and you know I think a lot of times you were talking about earlier tearing someone else down to to build yourself up. I, I do think, unfortunately, um, it can be really easy at times for us as Christians if if we if we are not feeling at our best in our walk with Christ. Yeah it becomes really easy to, to look around and try to find yeah. somebody who's doing we, it worse. We find security in our brother's sins yeah. rather than Christ's finished work. Right. Oh, man, how that horribly perverts the point of the gospel. Yeah, and it, and it lessens what Christ did yes, for us. Yes, it and, does. And it tears down your brother or sister that you're you're using that way as an object. And who's it's made like, in the image of God, right. loved by God. Yeah. I mean, there's so many ways that that's messed up. Uh, there's so many ways that that... that shows itself to be foolish. Uh, and I love the illustration he gives because in my mind, <laughs> in my mind, I see Jesus as he's teaching this. Like I see him finding like a big stick yeah, laying around on the ground. And I see him holding it up to his face to give people the illustration of how ludicrous this is Yes, to, to have this big log or beam shoved in your own eye. <laughs> yeah. And and you're going, hey, c- c- come here and let me let me remove this one little speck from That's your right. eye when you got this whole big plank sticking out of your eye. Uh, and I, I, the visual I have just is just, <laughs> if you're in that audience, how could you not have kind of laughed and been like, yeah, how silly yep. is that? And then he's like, yeah, this is what you're doing. That's the point. Like, yeah, absolutely. This is, this Very is, silly. This is what you guys do. Uh, oh, man. And there's so much there too because it's not just impossible to help your brother remove their speck while while you have that in your own eye but even the sense of how prideful is it <laughs> to look at something small in somebody else's life yeah. and say oh let me help you fix that while you're carrying around this very obvious sin 
which which in some cases could even be the pride for sure that, that you're using to to look at your brother that way. It's interesting too because, and I think this is so easy to read over, is the fact it's in their eye, yeah. right? The tool yeah. that they're using to identify <laughs> the other person's sin is messed up because of the pride, right? Or yeah. whatever the sin may be, yeah, right. They're, they're, like their their tool that they use to analyze and judge is broken, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. You're you're judging through a cracked lens, yes. right, or or a, or a blocked lens, uh, and and so it's. <laughs> It's, that's why he says hypocrite, right? And then he says, hypocrite. first take the log out of your eye. Then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Now, I've, I've heard this used inappropriately by people saying, oh, well, we'll see, I, I, need to, I need to be all together. I need to be basically perfect yeah. before I try to help someone else with their sin. That's, that's not what Jesus is saying here. No, and that would imply that you could. Exactly. Right. <laughs> the only way that we can remove that log from our eye is to bring it before the sin smasher, Amen. Jesus Christ. Like we're totally we, going to start saying that we have to go to him and say, I got this thing in my eye. Yeah. Can you please remove it? And it's going to take that humble submission and, and walk with him. Then when, when he restores us, and we may still be in the process of restoring because we know any, anybody listening to this knows, even if they don't want to admit it, there is no sin in your life that you easily just say, oh, yeah, I'm done with that. No. Nope. <laughs> because if you liked it once, Satan knows you're going to like it again. Yeah. And he's going to wait until you're weak yeah. and worn out and not read up in God's word and not prayed up and not putting on the armor of God the way we're supposed to every day. He's going to wait for that moment when you're vulnerable and he's going to bring that one back. Oh, remember this sin from college? You really liked it back then. That's right. And in that moment, you're going to be like, I did really like it back then. It was really tasty. Yeah, I want some of that again. So we know if, if we read this and we say, well, I've got to wait until I'm perfectly healed before I help my brother out. You're never going to help no. your brother out. Never. <laughs> the Apostle Paul that said the more the more he got to know Christ, the further he got along with him, the, the more wretched he realized yeah. he was. Chief of sinners, he calls yeah. himself. Oh, uh, wretched man that I am. <laughs> yeah. So I would argue the, the further along we go in our walk with Christ, man, we're, we're going to realize we have more than one beam in our eye. Amen. <laughs> we're we're going to realize we're probably walking around with a head full of beams. Absolutely. And what this is saying is Jesus is saying, hey, go to work on that. Like, make sure you're working with the Holy Spirit on getting rid of those before you try to help your brother out. Yes. One, it's one of those things, too. I mean, you need to think about that imagery. If I had a real speck in my eye... Like, I'm going to the hospital. I'm going to a professional. Right. When you're dealing with something as valuable as vision, as tender as an eyeball, like, that's not something you want to mess around with. <laughs> no, no. And it's the same thing with sin. I mean, you're talking about something that permeates your life. I mean, this is just poisonous, venomous, death-causing, family-destroying sin. Yeah. Like, it's not something that can be treated lightly that, like you said, you can just easily pluck out. Mm-hmm. No. Right. And, and I would also argue there's a there's a visibility factor to That's this good. beam in your eye, right? Yep. 
So if, if I've got a speck in my eye and you've got a beam in yours that I can visibly see, hmm. and you come to me and you say, let me help you with this little thing, am I going to trust you at all? That's right. Because everything about your life right now yeah. is screaming, there's a beam stuck in your eye. But if I know that you're working on that beam, like if I see evidence in your life that, yeah, he's just like me, but he he has a walk with Christ. That's he's, right. He's working on not having that beam in his eye. Okay, I, I can trust that he might have some ideas on how to get this speck out. What's the thing? It's hard enough to confess sins at all, which we know biblically we're called to do. Confess your sins mm-hmm. to your brothers. Mm-hmm. Bear one another's burdens. And it's one of those things where... I don't know. I, I get this idea. It, it's just hard enough to do as is. But when you see someone who really is putting in work, it's easier for you to be able to trust them yeah. with that burden because yeah. you see them bearing their yeah. their own, at least making an effort yeah. to do so. Well, and, and there's there's some transparency to it too, right? Like even in your approach, if, if I come to you with a beam in my eye, I'm going to know you see that beam. Yeah. So I can't come in, going back to the verses one and two, I can't come in and, and look at you as if I'm holier than thou. That's right. Because everybody can see this beam that's sticking out of my eye. Yep. Uh, some, some of the best open conversations I've had with people about sinfulness is when I've gone into prison uh, to, to play softball or whatever with inmates. Mm-hmm. Because once some, something magical happens, once the, that door locks behind you, everybody you're in there with, man, they don't put up, they don't wear masks. No, because they know. Well, you're in here with me. You already know I'm an inmate. Yep. So, so that's already no sense. That stigma is already gone because that's already out there. You already know that I'm in here for some reason. And so, men, that those men will open up and tell you why. Yeah. And not in a in a arrogant way. Mm -hmm. You'll find some who maybe do because they're lost. Yeah. But the ones who sincerely are trying to. Uh, get their lives right, or or even those who have began a walk with Christ while behind bars. Man, there's humility when they tell you, "Yeah, I, I did this stupid thing and this stupid thing, and that's why I'm here." Amen. And you hear from them, man. Their concern is for the people who are on the outside that they left behind. That's right. Their their son or daughter who is now taking the same steps that they took that yeah. landed them where they are, and they they know that because of their choices, they're not there to help. Yeah. But, but it's just that mask is gone, right? And the same thing, if, if we realize and acknowledge, I think what Jesus is wanting us to do when he says, take the log out, like acknowledge you have that log in your eye. Amen. Step number one. Step number one, acknowledge Jesus, I'm doing this and it's wrong. Yep. Even if you go to help somebody, you may say, hey, you know what? I'm not coming to you as somebody who's holy because I am sinful as well. That's right. But can I help you with this? That that's what he's saying. That's taking that log out. That's not saying a permanent removal of sin. Yeah. But it is, hey, I've I've given this over to Christ and I'm working at it. Can I help you do the same? I think about like with my own life. I, I didn't grow up in the church at all. I didn't get saved until I was an adult and I was a drug addict up to that point. And it's one of those things, I mean Obviously, there was a lot of hardship there, but it's nothing that I would ever change for the world. Right. Because I just know myself, man, I'm so hard-headed to where I think had God allowed me to grow up in the church, I really would have been a Pharisee who didn't (laughs) want to associate with the lowly who truly thought that I was better than everyone else. And it's one of those things where God's given me a testimony to be like, 
you can never yeah. <laughs> look yeah. down on right. anybody. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's the thing where sometimes people hear a testimony like mine and they'll be like, oh, look how far God has brought you. And it's one of those things. We see this story here mm-hmm. and it's like, that's, that's everybody's story. We were dead and brought mm-hmm. to life. None of us can look down on anyone else. Like the right. only person who can look down is Christ. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where we have to remember we're all wounded, we're all messed up, and again, we're not in the position of God. Right, yeah, and nor should we want to be. Amen. Because we would mess it up. Uh, Then then this passage takes a bit of a turn. It does. I think most people are familiar with maybe verses one through five. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever, uh, you know, seen any pamphlets or got a (laughs) card that's had that verse written on it. That had verse six. No. Yeah. Uh, Don't give what is holy to dogs or toss your pearls before pigs. Now, I'd have to imagine, Jonathan, this this is not referencing like chihuahuas, you know, oh, no, pretty no, no, dogs. No, yeah, dogs, dogs. So dogs in the first century Greco-Roman world, one, uh, for the most part, were not domesticated. Uh, and secondly, being that they weren't domesticated, they typically roamed in packs. So dogs were a force yeah, probably not something with. you wanted to stumble upon. No, you stumble on a pack of dogs, it might be the last thing you stumble upon. Mm. Uh, and then, and then pigs, swine. I mean, we know Jesus is talking to Jews here. Talking <laughs> yeah, to Jewish people, that's man. A big no no. They uh, pigs are just filthy animals. Yes, like you and and ignorant, yep. filthy ignorant animals is what the Jewish people believe. And casting pearls before it. That's something of value. It is. Why would you throw pearls to something that has no value? Uh, and, and dogs, I think Jesus is even playing on words here. The, the Jews viewed Samaritans. Yeah, as dogs. As dogs. That's good. Like, so, so I think he's also just, he's he's kind of preparing them for, hey, by the way, this gospel is going to be for more than you. That's right. <laughs> but it is kind of a stark twist because we've heard, don't judge unless, you know, unless you be judged. But don't, then, don't be a hypocrite. However, don't go giving what is holy to dogs. Yep. And Lest. don't toss pearls before swine. Yeah, yeah, it gives a reason, right? Because they will trample them, like what you'd put before them, yep. and turn and tear you Two to fold. pieces. Yeah. Mm. So what in the world are we supposed to take out of this? Because how does this, how does this balance out with don't judge? That's right. Right? Clearly, there's two sides to this coin, it would appear. <laughs> Clearly, Jesus has something to say that he's wanting them to kind of understand. Uh, and, and in researching this, this was one that really stuck out to me because it, it is, it seems almost out of place. Right? It does, It seems yeah. almost like, what is Jesus talking about here? Um, and, and every research I did on this talks about how this verse brings balance to everything we just went over. Absolutely. That, that yes, your approach in judging others is to be wise and measured and grace-filled, uh, and, and we are to humbly realize we are sinners. That's right. But at the same time, we also need to observe those around us that live wickedly, uh, th- thinking, thinking of hearkening back to the Old Testament before the flood when when God says of, of man that every thought that they had every day yep. was evil. evil. Mm. If you see someone living that way and you have 
approach them with the gospel, to give them the truth of the gospel, and they've looked at it and stomped all over it yeah, with their life and stomped all over it to say, I don't care anything about this. Jesus says there comes a point where you got to look at that person and, and you, you never stop praying for them. Amen. Absolutely. But you can't spend all your time trying to give them the gospel. That's right. You've got to move on and find somebody else who will listen to the gospel and will allow it to change them. Because if not, you, it says basically you run the risk of having ravenous and savage dogs tearing you apart verbally and maybe even literally, right? Yeah. Uh, man, that's... Well, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier in this sense of we only have so many allotted days here on earth to do this specific mission. Right. And one of the things that, I mean, we have to take away from this is this sense of the time is valuable, our mission is important, mm -hmm. therefore we need not waste it in situations where we literally nothing is coming of it. Right, yeah. And that sounds terrible, but it's one of those... Well, let me say it like this. I think about the first century where you have these martyrs by the plethora and the early church had to say, look, it's one thing if you die for the gospel, but don't go out of your way to die for the gospel, right? right. Don't be taken yeah. out of the mission yeah. right. needlessly. Yeah, yeah. you don't, you don't, uh, you don't decide, oh, I'm going to charge that hill just because I want to be because. a martyr. Absolutely. No, You're way better off by staying in the fight as long as possible. Exactly. Uh, you know, and some of the research I did pointed out that in Matthew 10, uh, verses 11 through 15, Jesus kind of provides commentary for, for this. He's talking about when you enter a town or village, That's good. find out who is worthy and stay with them until you leave, right? Greet a household. Let your peace be on it. But if it is unworthy, let your peace return to you. If anyone does not welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet when you leave that house or town. Truly, I tell you, it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Mm. That was Didn't end up well for them. No. no, no. That was instructions he was given to his disciples as he sent them out in twos. And I think a lot of times we look at that and say, oh, well, this is a situation where I can shake the dust off my feet. And we, we too quickly move to that point. Somebody offends yeah, us. Concur. Somebody offends us and we're like, well, I'm shaking the dust off my feet. Mm -hmm. You do that after assessing Absolutely. Right? Jesus is like after you can't walk into a town instantly and assess who's worthy. Yeah, because I mean, even the verses that you read, it implies this sense of you're getting to know the people in the community. Yeah. Right. You're spending time yeah. with them, talking to them, living amongst them right. before making this yeah. decision. So this is not some rash judgment of, well, look at what this person's wearing. They're not they're they're gonna be a dog or they're a swine. I'm not gonna No. Mm. This is someone you have actively yep pursued a gospel relationship with and have assessed through their actions, through their words and deeds, that they are not going to be receptive. Absolutely. And it's, I'm glad you brought that up because I've heard so many people, Jonathan, take this horribly out of context and justify it to do the very thing that you're talking about. Yeah. And it's it's heartbreaking and again also a perversion <laughs> right. of the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. So so basically Jesus is saying to the people that day don't judge in advance. Amen. Right? Who's going to receive or reject the gospel? 
Yeah, because we see it in John 3 with Nicodemus, right? The right. wind blows, yeah. Yeah. and you could see the effect, but you don't know where it comes exactly. from. Exactly, right? And and later we see Jesus, you know, talking to the Samaritan woman who the, the, the Jewish people would have viewed as a dog. Amen. But Jesus assessed in that woman, this is no dog. That's right. This is a daughter of the kingdom that just needs to know. And she went and told the good news. And look, everybody right, in town. Right. So she had a high regard once she received the gospel. I mean, she spread it everywhere. What Jesus is talking about is you've, you've got to assess that as you work with people. Yeah. Because you're, you will find there will be heartbreaking moments where you realize I've spent all the time I can with this individual. Yeah. In trying to get them to understand the gospel. And I've, I've got to move on Absolutely. with my time. I'm still going to pray for that person. I'm still going to pray that someone else may. And look, some of that is we are not designed to reach every person. No. There are going to be people that you have a far better impact and, and chance of them hearing the gospel because of your testimony than I will. And vice versa. And vice versa. Absolutely. And, and sometimes this is meant not to be harsh towards that person, but to realize they're not receiving it the way I'm, I'm giving it. Yes. And after assessing, am I, am I not giving it in a loving way? <laughs> and if you assess you are giving it in a loving way and they're still not receiving it, you've got to move on. And then you pray that someone else will be sent Absolutely. that can get through to that person. Well, and we have to give the cross-reference to, you know, what I mentioned before we started recording about Paul specifically saying that he, is, he hands people over to Satan. And what he means by that is this situation, when we look at that in its context, that this was a good thing because his goal was reconciliation, right. ultimately that they would come back. Yeah. But he's he, he's kind of implying that it's a misappropriation of, of funds. It's a, it's yeah, a misuse yeah. of your time to waste it. Right. Uh, here's a quote from, from Spurgeon. Great, great source of quotes, right? Amen. Spurgeon said, you are not to judge but you are not to act without judgment. That's good. Saints are not to be simpletons. They are not to be judges, but also they are not to be fools. Yeah. And what Jesus is pointing out, man, is is no one of that day and age he was talking to would look at a pack of dogs and say, oh, let, let's go give them a hug. <laughs> no, yeah, that's no good. one would, no Jewish person who wanted to be righteous would look at pigs and take pearls very high in value out of their home and go toss it out to the pigs. Wouldn't be done. No. So so the same thing with the Spurgeon quote. Christians, yes, we need to be wise. Absolutely. We don't need to be fools. Do we need to be loving? Yes. Jesus was loving. But Jesus also didn't go heal everybody. No. There's there's a reason behind that, right? Like could he have? Sure. Yeah. Jesus could have healed everybody in the known world at that time just through thinking of making them whole. For sure. But he only healed those who it seemed had an understanding and, and would be able to receive that they needed to receive more than that physical miracle. That's they good. needed to be able to receive who he was and who he is. Absolutely. Uh, and so as we close our time today, I, I hope... <laughs> What people are hearing is, is, yes, don't judge hypocritically. Make sure we're, we're humbly and realistically looking at ourselves and others. And then after a time, if you've assessed 
that somebody is is not going to receive from you, then then you need to allot your time towards someone else. Amen. Amen. And, and that may sound harsh, but it's Jesus's words, not ours. Yeah, we didn't write it. <laughs> we didn't write it. Uh, so take it up with the author. Amen. Uh, yeah. So that that brings us to the conclusion of this time. We hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for being here again, CJ. Hey, thank you for having me. And uh, this, again, has been the Sharing Our Journey podcast, a podcast ministry of Harrodsburg Baptist Church. Please find a church home that teaches the Bible. Uh, you've got some great ones in this community. Uh, just a couple of examples, Bethel Baptist Church and Harrodsburg Baptist Church. We would love to see you at any of our Sunday services or uh, midweek Bible studies. Uh, so please look us up and come check us out. Go with God.